Welcome to Everything House Music and More, and today's guest is the one and only DJ Little John, 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 John. What's up, Little John? Man, listen, man. It's good to be in this hot seat, if you will. Hey, brother, it's not a hot seat, man. Yeah, I've been watching your clips. It's a hot seat. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you. But I had to get one of the house pioneers, man, that I think you are. Thank you. And people need to hear your story, brother. So here we go. We about to get into it. We all know house music, the genre, is a feeling. But how would you define it musically? Musically? Yes, sir. That's a good question. Absolutely. Aside from being a, a feeling, yes, it's definitely spiritual. Okay. It's definitely cultural. It's definitely a way of life. Okay. Um, and it's such a nonviolent music genre. It is. It is. And That's people incredible. don't recognize that. Yeah. Like whenever you go to a house party, there's no issues at all. No. Nothing. Nothing nah, at all. Guys appreciate guys. Girls appreciate right. girls. You make new friends. Exactly. You see old friends. Every house party is a mini reunion in some cases. That's what it is. Real talk. Okay, so let me ask you something. What year did you start DJing and how did you get into it? Ooh, do I have to tell that part? Yeah, just come on, man. <laughs> tell, tell your story, brother. Wow, I got to say something for the book, Mo. Okay. No, I'm just, just a tidbit. So just a tidbit. So... Professionally, or you mean period? Um, let's go period and then professionally. Okay. Okay. All right. Now you get to hear the mini bio. Yeah, let's do the mini bio. The year was 19. <laughs> I was 10 years old, and I had already been in the music since birth. Okay. What I mean by that is, as the story goes in my family, my aunt used to babysit with me when my mom was working, mom and dad, and my aunt would play what we called the hi-fi back then, the home stereo. With me in the, the the baby bed right in front of it. Mom comes in one day. You're going to make my baby deaf. She turns down the stereo. She, they say I woke up crying. My aunt was like, see, you messing with her. He loved the music. She turned the music back up. I went back to sleep. Right. Uh, fast forward to about the age of 10. Okay. Same aunt, same mom. Right. Each had their own 45 collection. Okay. 45 records, y'all. And they would put their initials on the good side. I right. peep game. So as I'm listening, you figure I'm 10 years old. I'm in fifth grade. I'm feeling myself a little right, bit. Right, 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 right. But they let me play the records. I was responsible. I was into okay. the music. By my 10th, maybe 11th birthday, they let me into the basement. Okay. Where, you know, back in those days. That's, okay, that's let's something go special right there. In the 70s, the right. parents party downstairs, go, the kids partied upstairs. There you go. They let this big kid downstairs, and I knew the music. Right. So it wasn't no two turntables in the mix, Amari's. It was one turntable exactly. with their little cartridge. That's all you had. Six. That's all you had. That was our playlist. Right. So I You had pick- to play the whole record until the finished thing dropped down. Right. But I didn't like that little thing. I wanted to be in control. So I, every record I dropped, <laughs> I would look at the dance floor. Right. And my relatives be like, hey, John, John, jamming. So that went to my little 10-year-old head, I guess. Right. I'm not going to say, and the rest was history, but I will say that was the beginning okay. of my strong, strong desire to right. be a DJ. Okay, so now, professionally, when was the first time? Hmm. So let me ask you, what was your first professional gig? Okay. And I, then when was it? <laughs> and then, let's add on to that. Uh-huh. What was the hottest record at that time? Oh, I can do all of the above. Okay, let's go. So the year I'm still trying to put in my mind, but I want to say it was 1978. Your first professional gig. 
Wow. I was fresh out of grammar school, okay. graduated, right? Okay. Hung out with some classmates. One of my grammar school classmates introduced me to a roller skate rink back then called the Loop Roller Disco. Wow. That's where Holy Trinity stands now, 95th and Eggleston. Fell in love with the skate rink so much, I, I skated Wednesday through Sunday. Wow. Monday and Tuesday was adult nights. Okay. But on a Thursday night, right? they had the dance floor on the small floor. Mm. And I just kept finding myself over there. Like right. a giddy kid, right. just standing over there looking. <laughs> standing over looking. That was my first eyes on a mixer. Okay. Two turntables. Okay. They let me on because I had brought some records. Now, that mixer, was it uh, a crossfader mix or was mm-hmm. it a knob? No, it was a, okay. my first crossfader mixer. Okay, okay. And I already had the radio sack joints without right, the crossfader. Right, right, I had right, those right, joints. right. But that was my first mixer with, with, I had, yeah, that was my first professional mixer I saw. Okay. It was a Teledyne too, man. You remember that? Right. Oh, my so, goodness. So, um. Shout out to Navelle Logan, man, who's still oh, doing this Navelle thing today. Logan, yeah, we got history too, brother. He he gave <laughs> he gave me my or sold me my first pair of turntable needles. A guy named Percy Jackson was the first person to Percy let me Jackson. on and show wow. me how to blend. Right. Um, I perfected the blend later, um, but yeah, that was my first gig. The reason why I say it was my first professional gig, I came home, told my dad I worked at skate rink. He said, "How much you get paid?" I was like, um, I don't get paid. They let me in for free. He said, you ain't a professional until you get paid for what you do. Right. And you know how parents back then, they smoked. Absolutely. He had the cigarette <laughs> in his head, put his head back. <laughs> you ain't got no real job. I was like, man, I'm going to show you. Right. The following year. Okay. I got on. Wow. I had the moody equipment. They said, if you can move the equipment, you can, because the DJ, whoever was the DJ. Absolutely. Control, Absolutely. Got the job. Got my check. Came home. Dad. Professional DJ. Mm, got that money. Gave me the head nod. <laughs> I was 15, man. Wow. Okay. All right. So you were part of the historic Waterwall Sounds with the late Kim Samuels. Who were the other members and how did you get involved and what was that experience like? Um, shout out to John Hunt okay. and Steve Poindexter. Wow. Before there was a Waterwall Sounds, they okay. had Fox Player Sounds and Shotgun Hustle, whatever their group was. Right. Okay. Uh, eventually, they branched out and do different things. I rode with John Hunt, and at first, it was just me and him trying to do two, three parties at a time. Right, couldn't do that, so we started recruiting cats. Put my own brother on first. I didn't do that. I, you know, sibling oh, rivalry. Wow. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. Then we added James Derrick. Okay. We added first. It was yeah, John Hunt, myself, my brother JC. Okay. Jeff Coleman. Right. We added James Derrick, and believe it or not, we added a young man who I used to roll with, or should I say, used to roll with me because I'm older. Right. By the name of Ferris Thomas. Ah, PT. Yes. Yes. And so that was kind of the nucleus. We adapted. We acquired the name Wall to Wall Sounds. Believe it right. or not, that was the late Ken Samuel's name of his sound setup. Wow. He had it on his DJ coffin. Okay. I adopted it. We adopted it. The name. Right. And um, got to blow my own horn. I designed the jackets. Get out of here. My dad was now, a Now, explain artist. to the people who don't know who Ken Samuels Ken is. Samuels had, he was the sound guy. He brought all the big speakers to the party, the Mendel parties. Right. Believe it or not, he set up the very first playground parties. Oh, get out of here. Until Frenchie came nah, in I with didn't the know that. Right, sound. exactly. Yeah, and ooh, I hung the lights when the playground opened. Look at I that. Sure did. Look at that history, y'all. Because we did the lights and sound for the playground. And the opened. playground was a club out here in Chicago, correct? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ken was the main man. He had the loudest sound, at least as far as we were concerned. And then came a Frenchie, guy named Frenchie. Right. Uh, he kind of blew things out. This is long before Dwayne Woods, by the way. Correct. So, um, yeah, Ken was the sound guy. And he basically became our resident sound guy. 
for, right. for all the parties, the high school parties. Yeah. He showed us how to, to, to get contracts professionally. Okay. Gave us tips on how to talk to the, 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 the principals or the stu- the teachers, the students, whatever. Right, right. You know. Okay. So long before the genre house, there was a culture of house. Starting from disco in about 1976, take me through the evolution as you know it from the South Side perspective of Chicago. It's a funny thing that you brought that up. The DJs that I knew up, we grew up together. Right. And it was a lot of us. Okay. We weren't concerned with genres, bro. Wow. We didn't call songs disco. We didn't call songs house music right away. We weren't concerned with genres. You okay, know why? so check this out. So. Uh, my previous interview with Reggie Corner mm-hmm. from the way we were, he said it wasn't no disco genre. It was just extended play. Uh, you know, the so-called hierarchy, the labels named that disco from they was playing in the disco tech. So do you agree with that? There was no name like disco? I, no, I don't agree with that. Okay. <laughs> the, the long play records, some of them said disco on right, right, Disco right, right. 12 inch. Right. And they did play them at Disco Tex, hence right. the name Disco. Yeah. Now, it being a music genre, I've heard that. Yeah. But we didn't play just disco, is what I'm saying. Okay. You know. Gotcha. Oh, and you also asked me about some of the first music I played when I had my first job. Absolutely. Chic, Good Times, 12 Ooh. inch, with Warm Summer Night on the other side. Wow. Le Pamp Le Mousse, Spank. Oh with Monkey goodness. See, Monkey Do on the other side. John is taking y'all back, y'all. Man, I can go on and on, but <laughs> yeah. Um, albums, um, Clear, Keep Your Body Working. Ooh, that was a cut. Fatback Band, Backstroke, I think it was called. So this was the first time you started, this was the hot records back then? When I started DJ in okay. 15. Okay, So again, I say to you, oh, and anything Rick James. Correct. All that stuff was popping. Right. Um, Teddy Pendergrass, too. Okay. Uh, correction, Harold Melvin and the Blue, Blue Notes, Notes featuring Teddy Benegas right. too. Change featuring Luther. Okay. But I say to you, these might have been disco songs, but right. we didn't call them disco songs. Right. Were they, were, we called R&B at the time, I'm, I'm correct? We we didn't call it anything. You call it, we got to the party and played what felt good. Whatever felt good. What made them okay. dance. Okay. All you right. know, it could have been Boy George Culture Club, which yeah, actually it was. We played some Boy George Culture Club. Right, right, right. So <laughs> we, you couldn't tell us that was called New Wave Pop or anything because we didn't care. Okay. So, Lil John, this is the, <laughs> the biggest question ever. Oh, uh, here we go. Where do you believe that the term house music came from? I want you to connect the dots because you are the one that was almost there from the beginning, too. Well, I can say you are one of the persons that's there from the beginning. Explain that and and into further details. I, I told you before I consider myself a fly on the wall. Yeah. Why do I say that? It's because I had the pleasure, the privilege of getting into the original warehouse, sneaking into because I wasn't. Wow. Warehouse, the okay. original warehouse on Jefferson. Um, I definitely went to the power plant. Okay. Definitely went to the music box. Wow. I've seen Club LaRay's. I've seen the loft on I want to say Michigan. Okay. Definitely been the playground. I've seen Alan King and Wayne Williams before I even knew them throwing parties. Wow. You know, Sawyers. Right. Or Sours. Sours, that is David Risquet used to be on the front door collecting the money. Man. They threw parties. Chosen Few Disco Court was the original name of their crew. Okay. There was actors and mechanics. There right. was this, there was that. I said out all to say that wherever there was a party, I wanted to be there. The right. Mars Bar, Coconuts, AKs up north. Right. Lil Lewis himself showed me the inside of wildlife right. before it opened. Right. I don't think it ever opened, actually. Okay. So, Medusa's. Right. Been there. 
So I saw the movements, I saw the genres, I saw right. the music, I saw the DJs. So saying all that, do you think the term house music came from the warehouse where people shorten it up to? Or as Wayne Williams and some other people were saying that house music came from people playing the disco in the house when they was doing their little sets? All right. Here's my story I'm sticking to. Yes, sir. I said I got a chance to sneak into the original warehouse. Correct. Frankie Knuckles was the first DJ in my life I've ever seen play music. Most of what, which I couldn't find, never heard on the radio, right. couldn't find it in the record stores. Okay. But his patrons knew these songs. Okay. Not only did they know them, they danced to them. They were singing and harmonizing in the club. Oh, wow. Facing Frankie like he was a choir director and they were a choir. Right. I had never seen anything like that in my life. Okay. I don't care if they gave a straight, they were doing that and that right. blew me away. Yeah. I, I'm still stunned to this. So thing. some people are saying that you couldn't get in there unless you knew somebody or whatever. Yeah. How did you get in there? Um, my play sister was friends with some of everybody. Okay. Kevin and Craig Bagdula, who, by the way, used to be on the door for Frankie at the power plant. Okay. Um, but she knew some of everybody. You know, pretty face got in the door. Right. It's my brother. It's my brother. He did. Ah, okay. I, we was coming from DJ Mendel. Right, 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 right. But to me, I say the term house music derived from what Frankie was doing and what he created at the sound of Warehouse. Okay. Why do I say that? Yes. It's because I just told you, Frankie played music that we didn't have. Right. Or if he played music we did have, we didn't think to play it. Okay. He had remixes of stuff we didn't have. Right. He had Mr. F Larry Heard cassettes and Jamie Principal cassettes and before the record came out right oh wow we didn't hurt okay. we didn't know this stuff okay so speaking of that okay which DJ which DJ out of Farley Frankie Knuckles Ron Hardy or Lil Lewis had the most influence locally on Chicago when it comes to house music that's a good question <laughs> the most influence Yes, uh, your perspective, absolutely. Who you think? From it's far, hard. To, it's Farley hard to say Keith? one. Okay, it's hard to say. I'll one. tell you why. Farley okay. was on the radio. Okay, so he was influential from the listener point of view. Right, right. Frankie had his own following, so if you weren't part of his following, you didn't know much about him anyway. Right. Same with Ronnie, so to speak. Although Ronnie had more of the public coming in. Right. And you mentioned Lil Lewis. Yes. I want to say Lewis had. Probably more of a West Side following before he had a South Side following. I could be mm, wrong. Yeah. But that's my thought process. Okay. Okay. So you you saying all of them, it, it was just abundance of all of them together. Mm -hmm. And okay. that's why I feel like the word house music came from not just the warehouse, right. but just the whole conglomerate of this music that you didn't hear on the radio. Right. You often couldn't buy in the stores, but you had to go to a certain parties to okay. hear so I, I got to throw this in because it was, you know, some say it's part mm -hmm. of history. So it wasn't a sign in the bar that was at the bitter end that L Leonard Remix Roy say that he came up with the name House Music. I'm not going to tell you that's not true. Okay. I think even Frankie was on record saying something about he saw a sign. Yeah, he saw Don't a sign. Don't know if it was he, there. He didn't know, right. He didn't know I what it was I thought it was Jeffrey Pub, to be honest with you. Okay, Jeffrey Pub. I'm sorry. But I will say this. Here's my thoughts on that. Anybody yes. out there that claims they were promoting and, and created house music or put a sign in the window, we play house music. Right. My question is, why did you do that? Okay. Why did you have to say we play house music? That tells me that you had to get it from somewhere. 
Thank you. Okay. All right. You good. had to get it from somewhere. That's all I wanted to know. All right. Lil John, <laughs> you are probably and had the most residencies of any DJ in the city. I'm going to name a place that you DJed and give me a record you remember from that time and why. All right. First one is Sawyer's. Ooh, didn't have a residency there. You didn't have a residency there? No, I was Sawyer's. a patron. You was a patron there. I did get to play once or okay. twice, but I was not a resident there. All right. Give me a record from Sawyer's that you remember that was just memorable at that time. Martin Circus. Okay. Disco Circus. Mendel. That's a good question. There's so many. Um, just the one out. Walk the night. Okay. Rink zone. <laughs> I'm gonna say Jamie Principal, your love, because Leonard was playing on a cassette. Wow. We still couldn't figure out how he got that song that right. early. Big wow. up to Leonard remix Roy. Okay. Pleasure Dome. Whoo. Um. Disco party by the Tramps. Okay. And Red Dog. Oh man, "Love and Happiness" by Louis Vega featuring India. Oh wow! Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, do you remember when the Hot Mix Five started, and mm-hmm. what was their effect on the city at that time? Interesting. Hot Mix Five was on Saturday Night Live, ain't no job, right? Yep. I was on the radio on a station called WKKC, and we had Friday Night Audio on KKC. KKC, that's right. Big ups to Walt to get down brown. Damn, Jenna, I my classmate. About that, right. Yeah, yeah, that was a residency. Right. Um, Bobby Q. Bobby was a classmate too, but he did a Sunday show, not the Friday. Right. Um, BMX, Hot Mix 5, had a toehold, a chokehold on the city, man. Right. With that sound, that all the power that they had, the music yeah. they were playing. Yeah. You could hear it from the north side to the south side Absol- to the west side absolutely. of the suburbs. Absolutely. And... I want to say by then, the masses started calling it house music. Okay. Not at first. So what was they calling it at first? I don't think they had a genre for it. And why? You know why? Because there was a lot of tallow house yeah. that was being played. That is true. That Field is true. Field of Drive. Yep. Lime on yep. the grid. Yep. Hypnotic you know, Tango. All hypnotic that Tango. Like, wash yep. the clothes indoors. Right. Walk the night. It was so much music being played. Okay. I, I don't want to believe that. I don't even think the term house music was widespread then. Huh. But that was you still talking mid eighties. Yeah, but I I believe because it was uh, it was bubbling it was, it was under, bubbling, but yeah, it wasn't it was some house. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay. So we I gotta do some more research on that one then. So let's talk about the infamous battle to replace the 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 leaving member Scott Seals. Mm-hmm. Tell me your side of the story <laughs> and then Farley's <laughs> later admits a mission. <laughs> boy, boy, boy. So And what people don't know that you was up for the the spot. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's go into details, which Hot Mix 5 was huge, humongous, big part of Chicago history for promoting house music and playing house music on radio. So I've learned in my um, history as a DJ that most battles have underlying um, agendas. Okay. I'll just leave it at that. What speak, I'm, no, speak your truth, brother. I mean, what I mean by yeah, that. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm speaking the truth. Okay. What I mean by that is... It's like it's like a corporation having a hiring event. They pretty much know who they want to hire, but they do that to be PC, politically correct. Right. Same thing with DJ battles. More often than not, whether it's radio, whether it's club, whether it's whatever, whether it's DJ groups, they hold these politically correct battles. Okay. Not only to draw the attention for the promotion, for the this, for the that, but they usually have an idea who who they want to win. Right. 
into the Hot Mix 5 um, replacement for Scott Seals. They had a north side, west side, south side battle. I was in the south side battle. Okay. I want to say it was, I don't know, 8, 12 DJs. Okay. It was narrowed down to about four. And do you remember who all were? I don't remember the fourth guy. I can okay. tell you Ferris Thomas was one. Okay. I was another. Steve right. Sircoli was another. Okay. Um, <laughs> Ferris was eliminated for playing an acetate. Okay. I want to say of Frankie Knuckles' version of I Need You, Sylvester. Okay. It was kind of made clear that we couldn't play those. Okay. Couldn't have an unfair advantage. So, right, right, right. And I'm going to say Farley was looking to eliminate people, if you know right, what I mean. Right, right, yes, yes, So sir. he found that, and oh, Ferris let him have it. Right. Um, I was still in the running. I forgot who the other guy was. I almost wanted to say Ed Crosby, but I could be wrong. Okay. Um, but he's a South Sider, so it might have been him. Right. Um, but maybe not. Anyway, it narrowed down to Steve Silk Hurley and myself. Correct. And we were at Mendel. Right. My stomping ground. That's right. So I was comfortable. Right. Maybe, I'm pretty sure I was confident, too. Okay. I can tell you what I remember about Steve is he would look at what I was playing. He'd pull up a record, and his, I saw his hands shaking. Shake I'm like, nervous, huh? <laughs> uh, I told you we were. Steve said Curly, right. Com- comrades, but rivals. Abs- absolutely, absolutely. But Steve, in the words of Farley, by unanimous decision, was Steve said Curly that won. Um, I did a blend. Right. The lights came on. I looked at the ceiling, and Farley said he messed up. Frankie was one of the judges. Frankie he said, Knuckles. Yeah, Frankie Knuckles. Okay. He said, I remember hearing it. It was right there. Right. Earshot. Frankie's words were, I didn't hear anything. Huh. Raleigh's like, he made a mistake. That's why he looked up. And I looked up, and I, because the lights came on. We were in overtime, bro. Right, right, right. I put a next record on. Steve Hurley put a record on. And then they, security was like, yeah. So Farley's like, now decision, Steve Hurley. Wow. That's how the battle ended. Okay. I'm not going to tell you what the crowd did. No, tell me what the crowd did. I'm so not. Pe- so people know, seriously, because if, if, there was applause and there was booze. Okay. I was the home favorite. I was Correct. resident. Yeah, know? yeah. So you can definitely say that's your truth and that's, that's what happened. Truth. Right. So and no then, love lost. And but then uh, what did Farley later admit to you? Hmm. Farley admitted that because it was just not just the hot mix five battle that right. my man was throwing, putting storms for me to, to step on, you know? Correct, what I mean? correct. Um he later admitted that he felt like he did some things that he shouldn't have to alter my career path. That could have been me in a hot mix fire. That could have been me putting out big records, going overseas, blah, blah, blah. Right. And this is when he found himself allegedly in his spiritual realm, yes? Okay. Um, when he got through with his, I appreciated his right. um, confession. But when he got done, because I'm spiritual too, I told right. him, I said, man, if you really about that book that you say you about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you should know you ain't had nothing to do with my path. Exactly. Nothing. There you go. Wow. So that's history right there, brother. We're all good to this day. That, that's what I'm saying. People don't know that. No, they don't. You know, so I'm glad you, you spoke that truth, brother. Mm-hmm. So that was my next question is, mm. how do you think winning the battle would have changed your trajectory of your career? And I know you just mentioned that someone that you could have been traveling, you could have been doing a lot of other things, and you, and you answered that right there and then. So winning that battle, how it would have changed? I have no idea, to be honest with you. Right. The good news is, I've done all of those things that yeah. I aspired to do. Absolutely. Had I won the battle. Right. You know, People I'm, don't know you had record pools. Mm-hmm. You put out records. Mm-hmm. And we were some good records. Thank you. Um, I mean, you, you did a lot, John. Radio. I mean, you have such a, 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 a hidden aspect of everything because you touched everything. You know, from radio from underground, you, know, you used to do the north side, south side, west side. So, you know, you, you you part of that history, brother. Now, let me ask you something. What do you remember about Jesse Saunders as a DJ prior to the release, uh, release of On and On? 
Oh, that was fun. <laughs> Jesse Speak. had a band. Jesse was always ahead of the curve. He's a forward thinking brother. I like okay. that about him. Always have. Right. Um, he had a band. Okay. And they would tour. They performed at Mendel, as a matter of fact. Get out of here. Live? Yeah. Yeah. Live. Oh, wow. On the stage. Okay. How was it perceived? It was received well because, you know, we're talking different times. Yeah. When the appreciation level was in place. Yeah. I don't know about today so much, but, you know, that's another subject. It's very fickle out there today. Um, but yeah. here's what I remember. I mentioned how Steve Hurley and I were comrades, but rivals, friendly rivals. Right. Um, Steve, Jesse was the one who, when he did DJ, and I DJ several places with him, he pulled out this one record, which was on and on. Okay. It was on an acetate. Ah. Uh. Uh, metal, you know, that's right, right. vinyl pressed on top of metal. It's right. one of one. Right. And it's only good for about 40, 50 plays. Yeah. Um, of course, I learned later how they, he got as it. As they would say, dub plates. Yeah, dub plates. <laughs> and I learned later on in life how, actually not too much later, how that all took place. Yeah. Because I'm like, how'd you even have access? Oh, right, oh, right, right, right. Now. Yeah. But yeah, while Steve Hurley and I were walking around with these Porter One four-track Right. Machines plans our edits off a of cassette. Yeah. This man, Jesse Saunders, come through with this edit on vinyl. Wow. And we're looking like, wow, we just got trumped. How did you do that, bro? Right, right, so right. So that was his ace in the hole. Okay. And he would pull that song out. And what was your reaction to you when you first heard it? I liked it. Okay. I liked it. And that was on and on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was uh, rather different from the stuff he was putting out, though. Right, 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 right. Rather different. Okay. So if you had to name the first five house music releases in order, what do you remember from that? Like, how would you remember that? The first five house releases in order. Hmm. The reason why I don't count one or on and on as one, okay. I just told you it was an acetate. It was Correct. one of one. Right. It wasn't distributed. It wasn't mass produced. Maybe later. Okay. But not initially. So it was, that was like a, yeah. Okay. Um, I can't tell you what the first five were, in my opinion. I can't tell you Time to Jack was definitely one of them. Okay, so the first house record, was it Time to Jack or On and On? Or It's House, which one? I don't count On and On. You don't count On and On? No. Okay. I don't remember it being actually made available when Time to Jack On and On was made available. Well, no, it was On and On came out in 84. Yeah, but it wasn't that on and on track that we know. Okay. It was, it was Jesse's totally version. Okay, I mean, right. Let me rephrase that. It was Jesse's production. Okay. On and on, as I can recall, was not necessarily his. Right. It was something else. But but my point is this. Um, now, let's give credit where credit is due. Okay. Jesse's on and on um, EP with the tracks and all that right. popped off. Yeah, especially but, the drum tracks. Yeah, yeah, drum tracks was big. Yeah. So those drum tracks, I would three definitely a, put three in the, B, right. I would definitely put in that top five. Okay. Tippy's uh, EP with Time to Jack and his house. Okay. Definitely top five. I even give Steve Hurley his um, props. Jack My Body. Right. Was major. Yeah. You know. So um, would you also consider then Jamie Principal of your, your your love really the first house song since Leonard had it beforehand and everything else? I'm going to say and Frankie house song. Uh, yeah, I would say that. Okay. But I I would also say that about Larry Hurd's stuff, too, um, yeah. Fingers Inc. Right. But, again, when Leonard had it, it was on cassette. It wasn't right. a it wasn't available. A, yeah. You know? Okay. Um, 
I made tracks on cassette and they weren't available, so right. to Steve. So <laughs> I'm not throwing those in the pot. You know what I'm just saying? I'm sure you, you did too. You, you should though. You should uh, though. Yeah, no. My, most of my stuff was edits. It wasn't production. Okay. But um, I don't have a, like a um, but I'll definitely give because they're um because those guys were innovative like that. Yeah. Steve Hurley, Jack, my body. Chippy's time to Jack his house. Right. Jesse Saunders on and on tracks because wasn't no DJ rolling without those those beats he had. Right. You know. Yeah. Um, but those are the first three. Um, I want to say, Video Crash snuck in there at some point, but I think that was a little later. Yeah, I think that was a little bit later yeah. than Lou Lewis. Yeah. All right. So let's shift gears to radio. Mm-hmm. How has Chicago radio helped house music, and where did Chicago radio fail at? Chicago house music. <laughs> um, Chicago radio, Friday Night Audio and Saturday Night Live, that would be KKC Radio right. and WBMX. Correct. In those 80s days, helped Chicago house. Right. Credit where credit is due, big ups to the grandfather of house music, the late Herb Kent. Okay. Herb Kent had a show on WXFM. Okay. When New Wave was starting to come out. Right. Again, we call it house now. Right. But we clearly called it new wave back then. Absolutely. We're talking yeah. rock lobster by the B fifty two. Absolutely. Right. Which was the original French kiss, if y'all pay attention. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm just saying, you know, it's my truth. I'm story sticking to it. Right. Ask Lewis, he might con- concur. Wow. Um Um What else did he play? Liaison's Dangerous. Oh my God. Yeah. You know. Perhaps maybe. Perhaps yeah. maybe. Right. Um Frequency sides, yeah. uh, what's it called? Besides Frequency right. Seven, yep. Mike Dunn played recently too. I lost my mind when he played. I like, dude. I said, me, you, and about four people that know what that is, right? Right, now. right, right, right. Um, but yeah, Herb Kent introduced us to a lot of music. Kraftwerk, yeah. He was the first person to play Kraftwerk. Herb Kent was the first person to play Martin Circus. Really? Yes. Oh wow. You know why I know these things? So. The fly in the wall in me. Yeah. Understood that imports, et cetera, right. sponsored Herb Kent's show. Okay. In other words, they gave him these records as they got them. These were imported records. Right. You know, um, maybe not Martin Circus, but they gave him the Herb. Herb would put him on the, on the show. Yeah. And that's what we heard him. Right. They were giving him demos, promos. Okay. First. I think I heard Music's Got Me on Herb Kent's show first. Yeah. Before BMX, Hot Mix 5 touched it. Right, 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 right. So got to give him his credit. Okay. No, a- absolutely. So you've been heavily involved in both hip-hop and house music development over the years. Mm-hmm. Why do you think hip-hop was able to move from underground to mainstream with black people, but house didn't? Oh, that's real easy. Real, real easy. Okay. Videos. Videos. A lot Hands of people down. said that, really. Videos. Huh. Visual. Okay. We had no visual. Oh, that's true. That is true. I promise you, if we had visuals, right. Chicago would be still the forefront of house music. Wow. And I'm not talking about one or two videos, videos here and there. Fast Eddie and Sundance had Get On Up video. Right. I think Steve Hurley and them had, um, Steve and his crew, Steve and Keith Nunley yeah. had a, a video yeah, or they two. Did. They did. You know, and both of those were from DJ International. Right. So I guess Rocky Jones and company saw that vision. Yeah. But, but then, it wasn't enough. Yeah, but didn't take it up there. Yeah. No. I, okay. I, I, I accept that, brother. So you were around for the shift when DJs switched from tricks to programming. <laughs> how do you remember that coming about and then talk about how that changed your approach and people like Ferris Thomas and, Hurley and Steve Hurley? And others. 
It's funny you mention that, man. Some people don't even know. Some DJs today, to today, to, some DJs to this day don't know we did tricks exactly. on house music. Right. I'm guessing that they came from hip hop, but you know what? I don't think so. Well, I think Farley says something like, you know, he started doing that first because, you know, he was on the radio and then he did. Farley yeah. made a trip to New York. Yeah. I think he saw a battle or two and came yeah. back scratch mix. Right. We thought he was crazy. Right. <laughs> you know, but he was the first person I ever heard scratch mix. Right. But. Ferris and I rolled together in our teen days. Right. What made us close okay. is that we went over each other's houses, mostly mine. Right. And we made up tricks in the basement, wow. my basement. Okay. We weren't listening to hip hop. Wasn't no hip hop. Right. So we were making up tricks okay. before hip hop hit. We talking mid eighties. Wow. We, there wasn't no hip hop in Chicago. Okay. In fact, I don't think there was a MTV or any of that coming through our televisions in mid eighties. Right. I could be wrong, but that's what I, I don't remember. Yeah. I know I wasn't in front of those it Because it wasn't a big Chicago hip-hop movement mm -mm. either. That came like late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, yeah, so, absolutely. But yeah, the scratch mixing came from us being an ingenu uh, intuitive. Right. Um, and innovative is the word and editing and, and, and yeah. all the tricks like that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, okay. So where do you think is the future of house music going Hmm, that's a good question. Right. Um, I can tell you this. I am proud of people like the youngins. Um, first of all, I'll give up, give an honor to my man Nick Nonstop. Yeah. Who made the original Jack Your Body. That's no, right. Jack My Body. Right. Um, I think both his daughters are DJs now. Yeah. He has a school also. Which that's is, right. He does have the school. Which is big props to that. Yes, big props to that because he's teaching each one, teach one. He's teaching the youth. Right. Um, give up props to my man J Star. Right. Who I met his parents, his family. Oh, He's nice. He's a young 21 beast on the turntables, and he embraces yeah, old he and new house. Right. So, and I've been to the club venue where he plays at. He's asked me as a guest DJ. Oh, okay. I saw Red Dog Jr. <laughs> in some Really? Words. Wow. These kids, and what I mean by kids, 21 to 24, 25. Right. Were coming in the club, barely coming out of their coat, running to the dance floor. Get out of here. Playing, dancing to whatever they heard. Nice. I was, my mouth was on the floor. Yeah. I was like, wow, yeah. house music still lives. That's nice. So if that's going on right. in different places of the globe, especially here, right. then there's hope for house music. Good. Good to know, man. So Chicago is also known for its myths and beefs. What <laughs> Chicago-based house beef or myth do you want to squash or correct past or present? Correct. Yes. Beef. I see a lot of the stuff. I smile and I keep it moving. Right. One of the things that tickles me is when I see a DJ say, I don't play for the crowd. Okay. Who else are you DJing for? <laughs> I'm confused. Yeah, we had that conversation. I That's right. I I don't even know where to begin with that one. Right. I don't play for the crowd. So so you 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 um you think that you shouldn't um, educate the crowd to new music at a certain time? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I think, I said it before we began. Yeah. Here's the easiest analogy in the world. There you go. Go to a concert. Go looking for your favorite artist. Your favorite artist does like three, four songs on the forthcoming album you ain't never heard. <laughs> you waiting patiently, but impatiently for the song that you love. Right. And they, don't, they wait to the end of their set to perform it. Right. Enter today's DJ. You at the club and you playing four or five songs that nobody's ever heard. 
You got people dancing because they know you and they know what you're made of or they know what they came to hear. And big ups to the, the listeners that come out and they want to hear and embrace the new music. But I promise you, Maurice, there aren't a lot of clubs, a lot, that that are into that type of thing. Yeah. You can go in different parts of the city, and yes, uh, yeah. you can go to Smart Bar on any given night, and you can just beat on the turntable, right. and they'll love it. Yeah. You go south and parts of the west, they want to hear what they want to hear. Right, because they're older. Yeah. They want to, uh, you know, have a remembrance of, like, what they did when they was back in the teens. Right. And party, yes. And when they Absolutely. were younger, in their 20s, they right. partied. They got in their 30s, they had families. Right. The kids going to school, the empty nesters, they're in their 50s, yeah. 40s, 50s. Yeah. Now they back out. They would love to hear bad luck. Right. No, I feel you. Or they might want to hear, hey, hey, because that's some of the newer things that they know. <laughs> right. Sometimes they want to hear follow at, me, percolate, right, all that. But as a DJ, you know, we get tired of it, but you have to play it for the masses because that's what we're here to do to entertain people. So I... Know. Don't say you have to. I, I, well, no, a, you don't have. I, yeah, I'm sorry. I shouldn't a, say you a have to. That's a strong word. I say we do this so we can please people so they can have a good time and yeah. then come back to us and be like, they play what I wanted to hear and we love that. But it, and the reason I say that too, Maurice, you don't, I don't say have to. I don't say you should. Yeah. That depends on your goal as a Absolutely. DJ. You know, you're really right, does. John. You're right. It depends on your goal as a DJ. Right. If you want to come and introduce the world to stuff that they probably don't never heard, they should hear, yeah. they might like. The DJs around you, you know they ain't got it because you edited it before you got there. Right. That's cool. That's <laughs> right, great. Right, right. I love that part because right. editing is in is intuitive, is ingenuitive. Yes. But if you've taken your focus off of the dance floor, off yeah. of the crowd, yeah. Frankie said it best. No DJ is bigger than the music. Correct. So yeah. if you're not giving the crowd the music for them to lose their mind on, right? Uh, God bless you. I don't know what you really your goal is. Okay. You know? Yeah, no, that's good, brother. So we get the last two questions, man. Okay. Give me your top five records of all time. <laughs> I don't have a top five records of all time. Well, your go to records of all time, five records. So, ah. Uh, Maurice, you know I play for so many different crowds. I know you do. So it's just house, house, and it can be past or present. Okay. Yeah. Um, I know one of them is "Men from the Nile." Watching them come. Oh wow! Roy Davis, Pevin Everett never yeah. fails me. Wow. Okay. Um, in recent times, I forget who. I don't even know who made the song, but I know it's Diddy's voice, Puff Daddy's voice. Get off oh, me. Get off me. Yeah. Y'all tired yet? Yeah. yeah. It's people that thought I made the record I played oh, this really? so much. Oh, wow. Okay. So that's one of my go-tos. Okay. Um, that's two. Because I'm a spiritual man, a song that moves me, and one time I found myself in the spirit while I was playing it. Okay. Dance, Three Winings featuring um, oh, Clark Sisters, Louis Vegas. Yeah, Louis Vegas. All right. Okay. And listen. That's three. Um, Two more, brother. Two more. Yep. So people don't know know your taste and your feel. I love re- reaching for weapons like days like this. Beautiful. That's, uh, that's four. Uh, yeah. That's Sean and Scofie, right? Yes, sir. Sean and Scofie. Okay. Um, Last and a one. Fifth one. Yep. I don't really have one. Let me think about that one. Um, you know later on you could be like, oh, I should have said this. You know that. That's true. That's true. So give me just a second. <laughs> All right, we're, we're, I know you can if, add it anyway. If, if so. it come up, do this. But, okay, give me your top five DJs Lil John like to listen to. Now, it can be anything, house, mm-hmm. hip-hop, whatever you want to do. But give me something where if you go to Lil John's playlist, who you listening to? 
or who you like going to listen to if you out in the club and you don't have to work that night? I like going to hear Louis Vega. Okay. Um, he's captured the essence of playing new music, a bunch of new music. And making it work for everybody. Can, and make it work for everybody. Yes, absolutely. Um, okay. I love listening to DJ Jazzy Jeff. Okay. That man's a beast. Right. All the way around. Absolutely. Um, I can't say that I have a lot of DJs. At one point, I used to love to hear Tony Humphreys. Okay. He made such an impression on me back in, ooh, 89, 90. yeah. Armando Gallup, right. rest in peace. And right. Terry said this. Right. Armando took me and Terry under his wing while we were all in New York together. Right. That's Terry Hunter, yeah. Showed us around the world, around the city of New York. Right. But most importantly, took us across the bridge on the subway to the Zanzibar, Zanzibar in New Jersey. Back in the day, yeah. Oh, man. Tony right. was the Frankie Knuckles of Jersey. Right. Okay. All oh, right. That's my Tony. Goodness. Okay. Well, that's three right there, right? Yes. So, uh, yeah. no more? That's um, it? I don't have a lot of other DJs that I must go here. Okay. I, I mean, I like a lot of DJs. I just, they, right. I don't have a lot to come to mind. Okay, good. All right. So, the next one is, give me your top five. Well, it could be producers right now. Mike Dunn. Well, oh, there you go. <laughs> Hands the truth. Down. Okay. Um, my brother Terry Hunter. Yes, sir. Uh, who's stuck with it since the eighty nine Absolutely. Um Louis Vega, of course. Yes. Um don't un- no, enough people don't give credit to Maurice Joshua sitting over here all <laughs> low key. Him and Hula. You two are four and five. These two are probably it, the humblest DJs in the city of Chicago. Correction. The humblest DJ producers who have done what they've done. I appreciate that, man. In the city of Chicago. Thank you, little John. And that goes for East Move, too. Yes. I and Steve that. Hurley. These guys here, Steve, Maurice, East Move, when they made up ID Productions, oh, <laughs> they could do no wrong. I promise you, if I never told you this, do anything yes, y'all put out, yeah. I had to have it. And I'm gonna tell you your face most time you were my go-to mix. Dog. I appreciate that, brother. You know your version. Remember the time, right. oh. And you know what? It's crazy that you say that because I didn't want to do those type of mixes because I wanted the vocals, but I, I stayed in my place because each everybody had a sound and to create. So we 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 kept it like that. But I always wanted to do it because I was the dub guy. You were you know, always yeah, the underground. I had, so I had to go, right. Yes, sir. I had to go and turn it and flip it around where everybody was doing it. I was like, oh, I wish I. But then now, it's like everybody wanted the dub. It's like it's hard for me to go back to do that because I'm so doing the, doing so much vocals. But I get it. But I really appreciate that, But you man. were blessed yes. with the whole Beyonce Absolutely. string of house yeah, yeah. joints. Yeah. If you heard a house record before now that Terry did, Maurice did most of those. I appreciate it. The, the ones Ter- you wanted to hit, right. Maurice did them. And Terry so deserved this man. He, he been behind the camera, but I'm putting them on blast. <laughs> yeah, right yeah now. he is. I, I got mine coming up pretty soon, so y'all, y'all, they gonna hear everything too. And <laughs> do you mention one of my? I just figured out what my fifth record was. What's that? That weak version that Jamie did that you oh, produced. Oh, Jamie Woods, right? Jamie Woods. Yeah, I did uh, the remake of some about that song yeah. to this day. Yeah. You know what? I give you props on that. Because you was the first one that called me on that record. Man. In Miami, like, Mo, I need to get this record. I didn't know it was you that did it. Blah, Wayne blah. Williams was playing yep. it. So I sent it I to called him yeah. long distance back home, like, right. yo, man, I need this song. <laughs> and I ain't stopped playing it since. Whatever year that was, I ain't stopped playing oh, it since. Oh, that was somewhere in the 2000s. I forget. But, yep, man, that was uh, Jamie Woods. Yep, week. Yes, uh, yeah. yes. Oh, yes. Hey, yes. but, Lil John, thank you, man. I appreciate you, brother. Uh, thank you everybody for tuning in to everything house music and more remember to click the button subscribe hit the bell notification 
You can hit Lil John on every social media platform. See him on Friday nights at VIPs. That's his place of business. Please, people, go see him and check him out. And uh, anything you want to say last word, Lil John? Yeah, social media, DJ Lil John USA. You got to add the USA because there's 40 other DJ Lil Johns. I don't know That's why, right. but this one. I'm the one that. Yeah! Catch me in the mix here. It's all 1063 Monday through Saturday at noon, Monday through Saturday at 5. Friday nights, Club 1063 from 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Mike Dunn does 11 to 1 a.m. And then my show, Primetime Radio, I host 3 to 7 Monday through Friday. Yeah. All right. That's good, brother. Hey, once again, thank you, Lil John. I love you, brother. And many blessings coming up for the next year, brother. Thank you, my brother. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Peace.